If you have your Bibles today, you can go ahead and open those up to uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And church, uh, I'm excited uh, to be here before you today. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, my name is Kyle, and I have the honor and privilege of serving as the associate pastor here at Crossroads Christian Church. And um, I just, uh, again, really excited to be up here today. Um, you may or may not know this, uh, depending on how long you've been at Crossroads, but a little over four years ago, as your newly hired associate pastor, I stood before you to preach at Crossroads for the first time. And when I did that, I preached about my dreams and my hopes for Crossroads Christian Church. And I preached on Acts 2, verses 42 through 47, which tells the birth of the church. It tells how the church centered their lives around a few key things, and it tells how they moved forward in a very difficult environment um, under the rule of the Roman Empire. And what's really cool is a little over four years ago, as a church, we were entering a new season. It was a season of growth, a season of excitement about what the future would hold. And sure enough, throughout that season, God blessed our church again, again, and again. Uh, we grew in every possible metric you can measure growth. Um, there were numerous times when we were able to count um, 100 adults or more in worship and nearly 50 kids and volunteers in our wonderful Crossroads Kids Ministry that we have here. Uh, we hosted outreach events um, in our neighborhood here in Bay Ridge where over 1,700 people attended sometimes. Um, and financially, uh, thanks to your generosity, uh, we were able to grow to the point where Crossroads could stand on its own two feet as a church, um, as a self-sustainable church congregation uh, without relying on outside support. And uh, my, my favorite is we saw many, many people baptized in 2017, 2018, 2019, and on and on and on. Um, God has been extremely faithful to our church over the years, over the past few years. And yet it's easy to forget about that when we think about the last year and the pandemic. And so today, as we talk about rebuilding at Crossroads, as we continue on in the theme that we've been hearing from Pastor Will, uh, we're gonna take a look at Acts 2. And I wanna reshare with you a little bit of my vision for Crossroads Christian Church in the upcoming season. And uh, if, you, if you have your Bibles, you, you can be looking at, at verses 42 is where we're gonna start. Um, Acts tells the, the birth story of the church. That's, that's what it tells us. Um, here in these verses, we see a very unprepared, a very unorganized church um, at best, all right? Unprepared and unorganized at best. Um, not to mention a church of brand new followers of Jesus. Um, the entire church was brand new uh, to following Jesus. And uh, in fact, it, it, the Bible tells us here, in one sermon, 3,000 people were saved, and then they were trying to figure out how to organize and set up a church. <laughs> 3,000 people saved, they all come to Christ, they say, hey, we, we wanna gather uh, together. Um, this was an overnight megachurch, Crossroads, overnight megachurch. And so let's read, I wanna read to you Acts 2, uh, verses 42 through 47, and let's read a little bit about what this new church did. Starting in verse 42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were all selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Church, immediately 
upon becoming a church, these believers devoted themselves to a few key things. The first one was the apostles' teaching. Uh, that's the teaching about Jesus. Um, apostles' teaching sounds like a fancy church term. That's the teaching about Jesus, the gospel. Um, if you don't know what gospel means, gospel simply means good news. The good news about Jesus Christ. They were grounded, church, in the gospel of Jesus. And they spent time in taking the word of God. They devoted themselves, the Bible tells us, they devoted themselves to this. It's not something they shrugged off. It's not something they drifted into. It's not something they casually dabbled in. They were devoted to this. These people were Jesus' followers because they were devoted to Jesus. Makes sense, right? Um, you've heard Pastor Will and I both say many times, it, it's not our original quote, we didn't make it up, but it's nonetheless true. Uh, we say, you will never drift into being a growing follower of Jesus. You will never drift into being a growing follower of Jesus. Uh, the second thing that they devoted themselves to was fellowship. That's another church word. Let me explain. <laughs> fellowship, the sharing of a religious experience, the sharing of their unity in Christ. You can think of the word fellowship as fellow worship. They worshiped together as fellow believers in Christ. This fellow worship or fellowship, it produces joy um, and, and it produces praise that is then returned to God. These believers were engaging church in what we call all of life worship. <laughs> Outside of just what happens on Sunday um, during the gathered church worship service, like, like this hour, hour and a half that we have, uh, they were engaging in all of life worship. Um, this included the breaking of the bread. This is something they devoted themselves to. Um, the early church observed uh, what's known as the Lord's table, the Lord's supper or communion, uh, just as we do today. They never wanted to forget the sacrifice that Jesus made on their behalf. And communion was a way uh, for them to be regularly reminded of this. This is why, church, um, if you've been on Crossroads for a while, you know we do communion regularly. Um, this is why communion remained a regular part of our worship even during the pandemic. <laughs> um, we felt that it was that important. Uh, the Bible says it, that the church in the book of Acts, they spent time breaking bread in their homes together. Uh, basically what that means, uh, again, we can make that sound real churchy, what that means is that they shared meals together. <laughs> They ate together. They spent time with one another around the table. Uh, this is something I think most of us do, right? I, I think we understand this concept. Um, I know that this has become much more difficult in the last 18 months, uh, but I've actually been impressed with how creative and how resilient um, we have become as a society in connecting with other people around food. I mean, who, who in here 18 months ago would have imagined that we would have so much al fresco outdoor dining on Third Avenue or Fifth Avenue in Bay Ridge, right? There's opportunity here. Um, prayers, prayers. A majority of the references in the, in the book of prayer, uh, or, or sorry, the majority of the references to prayer that you'll find in the book of Acts are referring to corporate prayer by the church. When the church gathers together to pray, that's what it's referring to. Um, prayer is not just something that we should do in isolation. It's not something that, that should just uh, be, be like, a, hey, this is like an alone thing. I just do all on my own. Um, this is why, church, we host midweek morning prayer. <laughs> We do this every week, it's like clockwork. Wednesdays at 8 a.m., we have an online prayer gathering. By the way, we were doing this before the pandemic. <laughs> uh, it has only grown since the pandemic. Uh, Wednesday morning, you can log in on Zoom, uh, 8 a.m., and uh, we are done by 8.20 at the latest. <laughs> so we, we gather together, we pray, and then we let everybody kind of go on, on their day and their week. Um, but we commit to this, it's important to us as a church to do this. 
And so therefore, when you look back at the early church in the book of Acts, it wasn't weird for them to pray out loud. It wasn't weird for them to pray in front of people. They didn't make a big deal about it. Um, this is just what they did, right? Prayer was part of all of life worship for them. So what about us? So at Crossroads, we're called to live that same life of worship. Um, not, just, uh, not just on Sunday mornings, not just in one hour. Um, that's, that, that's not what the Bible talks about when it talks about worship. It talks about a lifestyle of worship, right? Um, so here's, here's a reality that, that we've noticed, um, that, that I've specifically noticed, um, and I think a lot of other church leaders have noticed this as well. Um, if your only method or mode or practice of worship came from one hour on Sunday, then the pandemic probably either did one thing or the other, right? Either, either you said, okay, like, I either have this hour on Sunday, that's my, that's my God time, that's my Jesus time, that's my worship time, I do that right now, and, and then you went on with your week. Well, when the pandemic hit, that got taken away for a little while, right? Um, or it was very different, right? It was online. Um, the connection, the fellowship, that, that if you relied on that one hour, that was taken away for, for a season. And one thing that we noticed is either people discovered all of life worship <laughs> during the pandemic, and they said, hey, this can't just be, like the Bible can't just mean one hour a week is all, is all we do. Um, and they discovered that and they thrived, or because their one hour was taken away, um, it, it hurt them spiritually because they didn't have anything else to, to rely on. And I understand that our context uh, here in, in what, what we're starting to call, hopefully, post-pandemic Brooklyn <laughs> is very different than ancient Palestine. But I think the universal principles of Acts 2 um, apply to us as well. And, and I'm excited to be able to share that with you today. With that being said, I want to share with you my dreams and my vision, as I said, for a rebuild here at Crossroads Christian Church. Uh, these dreams all stem from a process of grieving and evaluating where we are and what we have been through as a church. Uh, but if you remember the sermons from previous weeks, uh, Pastor Will said a few weeks ago, um, we're not designed to just stay in this state of grief and, and, and pity and sadness. Like, like it's instead designed to motivate us, right, to, to inspire us to go on to worship. Um, and as a church, I think it's, it's designed to inspire us to start looking forward and start dreaming and planning again for the future, uh, not just staying where we are. So the first thing that, that, that we've grieved uh, here as a church is that we've lost so many friends and church family due to COVID. Um, but we dream for new people to come into our church through our groups and through our communities. And church, this, this is exciting. One of the things that I've been so amazed by um, is the number of new faces that we have seen God bring to us uh, here at Crossroads during the pandemic. Um, this has been great encouragement to me. I know it's been an encouragement to Pastor Will as well. Um, this reminds me of God's faithfulness and God's promise to build his church. Amen? Many of these new faces at Crossroads often find a home in our groups that we have here. Uh, the first time, four years, a little over four years ago when I stood before you, I made this statement. I said, groups at Crossroads are not like a family. They are a family. And my desire is that we experience that all of life worship together in our groups. And you ask, okay, Kyle, what is a group? Well, we have groups for men, we have groups for women, we have groups for, for teenagers and, and middle and high school students. We have online groups, we have growth groups um, that are centered around Bible study and community. Uh, we have communities of young professionals, communities of parents of young kids, and parents of teenagers as well. We have groups for you. 
And in Acts 2, verse 44, it said, all who believed were together. And it goes on and says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they spent time together, church. <laughs> they spent time together. And it's my desire that our groups would center around studying the Bible and speaking the gospel, reminding one another of the good news of Jesus together in the upcoming season. Um, but here's the cool thing. Living out, living out the gospel and learning about God doesn't just happen exclusively in Bible study time. I want to say that again. It doesn't just happen in Bible study time. It happens in Bible study time. It should happen in Bible study time, but it doesn't just happen there. In addition to Bible study time, um, learning about the gospel, learning about God, growing deeper in your faith, those things happen in the everyday, regular stuff of life. This is the kind of stuff that families engage in. And when growth groups become family, they begin to do the all of life stuff together. They eat meals together in one another's homes. I promise we will get there again soon, Crossroads. We will get there again. They pray for one another daily. They provide for one another's needs. They're generous together in the way that they give to the church. They find joy in one another's presence. Acts 2, uh, verse 47, it says, they praised God for what he was doing in their midst. They recognized that, hey, we are the people of God and God's doing something here. Um, church, you don't know how many times that I find out about a need within our church and then either I or Pastor Will or one of our deacons will go to follow up and we find out that the need's already been met by members of, of that person's group. Uh, I mean, more times than, than, than I can remember. Um, we love that, by the way. <laughs> uh, we find out, we say, oh man, we just found out like so-and-so this happened, we need, to, we, like, we need to let people know. And then, and, and then you know, we start that process of follow-up and care and we, and we find out, oh yeah, their, their group's already got it taken care of. <laughs> their group leader already handled it. Um, it's awesome, it's amazing. Um, it's just like what happened in Acts 2. <laughs> and in this current season, I understand that like in-person community, it's still difficult. I get it, it's still difficult. Um, but it's more important than ever. We need it more than ever. Um, we were created for in-person community, church. We were created for this stuff. Um, things like, I, I just think about our church, and I think about things like uh, park hangouts, beach days, outdoor meals and picnics, um, baby showers. Praise God for pandemic babies, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crossroads Kids is always growing. Um, uh, Pumpkin carving, uh, here, here's a good one. Donut tours of Brooklyn. Yes, that's a thing. Just ask our young professionals group. Uh, they will tell you all about it. Um, uh, serving together in our neighborhood at, at events. Uh, these types of settings are where deep relationships are formed. Uh, these same people that do these things will often also crack open the word of God and they will feast together on his goodness through his word as they feast together at a park, right? So, um, again, we dream at Crossroads for, for new people to come into our church through our groups and through our communities. All right, that was, that was number one. Second, <laughs> um, let's talk about kids. Come on, you knew this was coming. At Crossroads, we say we, say we want our kids to have boring testimonies. <laughs> we want our kids to have boring testimonies. That doesn't mean they're going to have a boring life. Um, but we want them to have boring testimonies. Um, here's our hope. Our hope is that our kids will come to know and to love God at an early age and that they will follow him through their teenage and their adult years. 
Uh, that's, what, that's what we mean by boring testimonies. We want them to stand up and say, hey, I started following Jesus at a young age. He's been good to me, and I haven't, like, I haven't left him, and he's certainly never going to leave me. That's what we want them to say. And in case you haven't noticed, um, God uh, at this church has abundantly and extravagantly blessed our church with an amazing kids director in Emily Mueller. Um, that's right, yeah. And praise God for that. I mean, we, like, like people know, hey, that's the church that loves kids in Bay Ridge. Like, people know this about our church. Um, they talk about it. Um, this is why we say also, Crossroads Kids is not babysitting. It is disciple making. Crossroads Kids is not babysitting. We don't just get the kids out of here so it can be a little quieter during the service. That's not at all what we're doing um, over there in Crossroads Kids. It is disciple making. Um, we are seeking to show and to share Christ's love with every child of every age that comes into contact with our kids' ministry. It's very, very important to us uh, here at Crossroads. And everything that we do in our Crossroads Kids' ministry should be preparing them to become a growing follower of Jesus. Um, when we say disciple or discipling, what we mean is that adult leaders are mentoring kids in their faith. They're helping them, they're helping them grow in their faith. And we want the Word of God to shape the way our kids view the world and the way they view themselves. Because frankly, church, you guys know there's all kinds of messages out there. There's everybody's trying to influence everybody, but we want the Word of God to be the thing that influences the next generation here at Crossroads. So we make, we prioritize, we design our entire programming around God's Word. Um, it's, designed, it's designed that way. It should be central in all of our planning, all of our processes, all of our curriculum. Everything that we do in Crossroads Kids is centered around the Word of God. And guess what? Kids love it. They have a blast with it. And we have great leaders and volunteers that make it really fun. <laughs> um, in our Crossroads Kids and our Crossroads Students Ministries, we actually place a high honor and value on the parents as well. Again, this is very important to us. Uh, here's why. I'll explain. You see, God has called parents to be the primary disciple makers of their children. I'm going to say that again. God has called parents to be the primary disciple makers of their children. Um, we want to partner as a church. What is our role? We want to partner with parents here at Crossroads. We don't want to take their place as the primary disciples of their kids because God's given that to them, but we want to partner with them. We want to support them and encourage them and equip them in the journey of parenting. I'm a parent. I know it's not easy, okay? Like you need people with you um, to, to encourage you. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, it's your job. It's my job to, to disciple my child. It, it's your job as parents. Um, it's like the Home Depot says, you can do it. We can help, okay? Just like that. You can do it. We can help. That's why we're here. So that's why we encourage parents to engage with our parents groups that we have, to use the resources in the weekly emails that, that they get from Crossroads Kids and Crossroads Students, and to live their lives with intentionality towards the spiritual things. Because here's the thing. Spiritual things come up in everyday life. They come up in every, especially if you have young kids and they ask you a million why questions every day. Spiritual things come up. And it's always in the everyday stuff. And so we want to equip parents to know how to disciple in the everyday stuff, how to mentor their kids in the faith. And in our Crossroads Students Ministry, that's our ministry to middle and high schoolers. Um, we also want to grow the relationship between our students and between other adults in the church who are not their parents. We've all been 13 years old once, right? And I know, how, I know you remember how cool your parents were when you were 13 years old, right? 
I know. <laughs> uh, when I was that age, I actually had nobody to mentor me in my faith um, and to teach me how to follow Jesus except my parents, who of course I didn't want to listen to, okay? I was, as Pastor Will says all the time, a knucklehead, all right? I didn't want to listen to my parents, but they were the ones that, 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 that were teaching me uh, uh, how to follow Jesus, but I didn't have those other godly adults there. And this, along with my own sin sinfulness, it kept me far from God until after I graduated college. And I don't want that to happen to our middle and high schoolers. I don't want that to happen to them. I don't want that to be their story. I want them to have a boring testimony. And wouldn't it be awesome, just think about this, wouldn't it be awesome if one of our kids, who today may be very young, could stand up in front of their church family when they're 30 years old and they could say this. They could say, I'm a Christian today because when I was four years old, Rosa Fleming and Olga Rodriguez were at church every week telling me about Jesus. Uh, it was because James Gunn and Lisa Chua taught me how to memorize scripture when I was in the second grade in Crossroads Kids. And I remember, I even remember when I was a teenager and Richard Nieves, he'd meet me after school for pizza and, and, and he'd talk to me about my faith and about my classes and about the basketball team or whatever. And, and I don't even remember half the stuff we talked about, but I know he was always there. And his wife, Hara, she was always so welcoming to me. It made such an impression on me about what God's love was like. And I even remember as a child when my parents' friends would get together at church or when they would serve together in our neighborhood or when they would just come over and hang out in our apartment, I was able to see as a young child how many different people with different backgrounds followed Jesus. And I could tell that my parents' friends, they loved one another and they enjoyed following Jesus together. And I knew through all of that that they cared about me. And that's why I'm a Christian today. That's what we want the story to be of our kids. Um, here at Crossroads. And you and I, we have no way to know, we don't have the knowledge um, to know the impact that we could have on some kid's life. We just don't know. But we all know some kid, or 50 of them in the other building right now. Um, so, so let's get other adults involved in this process. That's my dream. Let's get other adults involved. Uh, young professionals, empty nesters, it would be really great to see you give some of your time. You've got the time. <laughs> Um, you may not think you have the time, but you have the time, all right, um, to give it to our kids and our students. Because you have a vital role to play in the family of God at Crossroads Christian Church. You have, an, you have a role to play. Um, parents of kids and teens, current parents, parent, people that already have uh, little people living in their house, um, you already understand what it means to try to raise your children in the faith. You're in the middle of it. You get it. Wouldn't you like to have a community of other parents <laughs> around you? Wouldn't you like some encouragement? Wouldn't you like some partnership in, in, in helping to work, to work through that? Um, and the other parents, why not be a godly influence in the lives of your child's friends? They're your child's friends. They're important to your child. What, don't you think that will make an impact on your child to see that you care about who their friends are? Wouldn't you love to be a part of some kid's story 15 years from now? Speaking of kids, another dream I have for Crossroads in the rebuild season is related to our sponsored community in the Dominican Republic. Uh, the, the name of the community is El Capa. And in case you don't know, we actually partner with an organization there called Food for the Hungry. And Food for the Hungry has a mission, and it's to alleviate all forms of, of poverty in communities around the world. And one of the main ways they do this is through child sponsorship. And as a Crossroads family, we sponsor 18 kids who all live in the same community of El Capa. So we're in the same community sponsoring. They're all living in the same community in the Dominican Republic. 
And one day, Lord willing, we've been, I mean, I mean this has been a, a, we've been trying. <laughs> Lord willing, one day we want our families here to visit our sponsored children there. And um, we grieve that we haven't been able to do that. We grieve we have not been able to visit our community in El Capa and the 18 kids that our family, uh, church family sponsors through Food for the Hungry. But church, we dream of doubling the number of sponsored kids in the DR um, in the very, very near future. And what's really cool is I've spoken with our field partner who's on the ground in the DR, and he has some exciting updates and things that have happened there uh, with our community. And, and we're gonna be sharing those with you soon um, as a church family. Um, and later in the fall, we're actually gonna have an opportunity to act on that dream of doubling the number of sponsored kids that we have uh, with our community in the DR. And so, um, so, so stay tuned for that. We're gonna be celebrating that very, very soon. I think I'm on number four. <laughs> We don't get guilted to serve at Crossroads. Instead, we get to serve at Crossroads. No believer in the early church would have ever seen his or her role as a spectator. That's why when we, when we do the call to worship, we stand up in front and, and, and we speak to everybody here, welcoming everybody to the service, but then we also speak to everybody who's joining us online and we say, hey, church isn't a spectator sport, okay? Engage. Nobody in the early church, nobody in the book of Acts would have seen their role as spectator um, or, or attendee, <laughs> um, but instead they view themselves as part of the team. And the, eye of, uh, uh, the idea of a servant leader actually um, comes about uh, um, a little bit later on, like servant leader and leadership structure and all that. Again, this is a new church, they're, they're kind of just figuring this out. Um, but uh, that comes along later in like Acts 6, but in Acts 2, the servant leaders gladly took over the serving needs so that the apostles could focus on teaching the word of God, right? They said, hey, like, there's all these other needs over here. Um, again, we're a few chapters down the road, but hey, there's all these other needs over here. There's things that the church, like, like, we're asking like one or two people or a handful of people to do. There's 3,000 people here. We got these needs. Let's start setting up ways for everyone to serve <laughs> and to make sure that we're meeting needs in our church and in our, and, and in our community. And, and, and by the way, just on a practical level, um, church study after church study after church study consistently shows that the number one way um, of feeling connected to a church is through serving in the church. Um, when you don't serve in the church, it's easy to become cynical, it's easy to become jaded, it's easy to just kind of see everything that you think is wrong. Um, it, it's very easy to do that um, when you don't serve. Um, but here's the, here's the thing, here's, here's the other sad reality. Unfortunately, churches will often guilt people into serving. Um, my dream is that here at Crossroads, we don't do any of that. Um, we instead recognize the honor that it is to get to serve King Jesus. He's the king, right? And we get to serve him. Um, it, it is an honor, it is a privilege, and that's how the early church viewed it, and, and, and that's how we wanna view it here at Crossroads. And so I wanna challenge you, <laughs> find your place to serve. Find, pick one thing, <laughs> pick, pick one way that, that you think God has equipped you to serve and, and, and dive in. Um, Need some help with that? I got a couple ideas. Yeah, you knew it was coming. Uh, you, should, you, should serve, you should serve in an area that you're passionate about. Serve in an area that you are passionate about. Um, something that God has given you a passion and a desire for that maybe is a little extra over, the, over your friends, right? Um, you may be really, really jacked up about kids, and we have a kids ministry here that's really awesome. Um, God's given you that desire for a reason. He's given you that desire. He, and maybe, maybe if you look at your own life or your skill set, 
God's made you just better at things than other people, okay? I don't say that for you to start bragging or boasting, but I'm just saying maybe God has just really made you better at some things than other people. So why not use those things to serve him? Um, that's a great place to start with serving. And here's the cool thing. You're going to be more effective. You're, you're going to experience so much more joy when you're serving the church in, in an area that you're passionate about and that you're good at. And so we don't guilt anybody into serving anywhere. We just say, hey, it's an honor to get to serve King Jesus. Um, we'll help you figure out what that is. Again, you can do it. We can help. Um, um, you'll, you'll, like, like, we'll help you figure it out. Um, but just, just dive in. Dive in with us. Um, a healthy book of Acts serving culture where everyone serves as a response to what Jesus has done uh, for them. Church, that just makes it, if we can, if we can kind of adopt that, that's going to make us known as a church that serves our city really, really well. And um, again, if you're new to Crossroads, I just want to tell you, we have a wonderful serving culture here at this church. And you likely experienced that serving culture the moment you stepped on a sidewalk on, on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon. Um, and you, you, you experienced it through an in-person service. If you're joining us online, hopefully you've experienced it with a warm welcome from our online host, um, and, and you've experienced it uh, in the way that, that we try to resource you and care for you uh, through, through the online chat um, and, and through our prayer ministry. Um, church, if you want to grow in your faith alongside other Christ followers, do what the believers in Acts 2 did, right? Um, find your place to serve in the local church. Here's the thing, I have a dream here at Crossroads that we would just view serving as an amazing opportunity to bring honor to Jesus Christ, um, both inside the walls of our church, but also out in our neighborhood. Um, and speaking of reaching out beyond our church walls, I also wanna share with you a dream uh, that we have here for our friends at the Guild for Exceptional Children. Um, in case you don't know, the Guild for Exceptional Children, affectionately known as the Guild here, um, the Guild, it's a Brooklyn-based organization. Uh, they serve children and adults uh, with special needs. And they're located right here in our neighborhood, uh, right here in Bay Ridge. And we've been longtime partners uh, as a church with the Guild. And we've worked together on several events um, and different things over the years. We've done picnics. We've done Christmas parties. Um, here's the thing. We grieve that during COVID, we were unable to host events with the Guild. Um, I, I mean, that's been a big loss for our church, uh, that we have not been able to do that. Um, but we dream of a growth group at the Guild. Yes, we want to see one of our groups at the Guild, a group for residents of the Guild to share with them God's word um, and to share with them the message of the gospel, but also giving them the ministry of presence, <laughs> giving them the ministry of being there with them. Um, if God's speaking to you as you hear this, talk to me, talk to Pastor Will after the service. Um, we, we, we'd love to kind of have that conversation. Um, but doesn't that sound like an amazing opportunity to be used by God where we can actually go into the guild and, and, and maybe do something like a Bible study and, and, and either eat a meal together um, or, or something like that. Again, we can be creative with it. Uh, if God's speaking to you about this, let us know. Um, but isn't it an honor that like God would choose to use people like us to serve him in a way like that? Church, we get to serve. We get to serve. It's amazing. Um, so don't ever be guilted into serving. Not here at Crossroads. We get to serve. It's awesome. Church, I'm praying for God to move many of us in this current season, this rebuilding season. I, I'm just praying that God moves many of us to re-engage. I know how it's been. I've been through the pandemic with you. I know. 
um, recommitting to live a life of worship together is a big step. Um, but we believe that it's important. And that's why as a church, we are putting an emphasis in this season on things like recommitting and recovenanting together with church membership. You heard about that last week. Uh, being in a group, joining a serve team, partnering with families and serving our neighbors. Um, we, are, we are putting an emphasis on those things in this season um, because we believe that's what a rebuild looks like here at Crossroads. Um, church is not an event you attend, it's a family you belong to. And it's a family that worships together in all of life. And here's the, here's the really awesome part. Jesus Christ has made this family possible. This is not a family you or I could have put together. Amen? Jesus Christ makes this family possible because he's the one who died on the cross in our place. He's the one that offers forgiveness of sin. He's the one that offers eternal life to everyone who will believe in him. Uh, this is who I believe God is calling us as a church to be in Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. Um, now, you heard kind of what happened. Do you want to hear what the results were of Acts 2? Acts 2, 43. It says, And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Uh, skipping down to verse 47, it says, The believers were praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Um, the Lord did add to their number in such a way that what started out as less than 100 men and women hiding out in a locked room, scared for their lives after Jesus was crucified, that... That group, with no political power, no influence in society, that group grew into a movement of God's power that was unstoppable. Uh, within a short period of time, Christianity would overcome the Roman Empire, forcing the emperor to declare it the official religion of the state. And by the way, this happened in the face of severe persecution and affliction. But here's the cool part, Crossroads, and this is what we need to take away. It was their life together and their all-of-life worship that was attractive in a hard environment. I'm going to say that again. It was their life together and their all-of-life worship that was attractive in a hard environment. Um, Crossroads, the way that we live a life of worship together as a church during this rebuild um, may be the single greatest witness to the truth of Jesus in our city. And our life together at Crossroads may be the only demonstration of the gospel that somebody in our city might ever see, right? And so let's speak the gospel in words, always, <laughs> but let's also do it indeed together as a church. Now, we already mentioned that the early church in Acts 2, they broke bread together as they celebrated communion. Um, today, when you came in, you received one of these. Um, again, a sign of the pandemic, but I actually kind of like these. Um, today, we're going to partake in communion together as an act of worship to remember Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross. Um, what this represents is this represents Jesus's, uh, the, the wafer in here represents Jesus's broken body for us, and the juice represents his spilled blood. And if you're a believer, this is the time in the service for you to take of the bread and drink of the cup together. Uh, this is a time for us to remember um, who Jesus is and what he has done for us and what he gave for us so that we could be saved. And if you're here today, you're joining us, whether it's online or, or here in person, and you're not a follower of Jesus, or you're kind of unsure about the whole church thing or the whole Christianity thing, um, we ask that instead of taking the bread and the cup today, that you would consider receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior. 
Uh, this involves uh, a church word called repenting. Basically, it means to turn away. Um, you turn away from your sin and you turn towards God. And you believe that Jesus has done everything necessary for you to be saved. And so uh, if, you're, if, if you're a believer, uh, we welcome you to take communion with us. Uh, if not, we would encourage you to receive Christ as Lord. Um, you can do this right where you are. Josh and our worship team are, are up uh, behind me. They're going to begin to lead us in worship now. And this is the time, church, for you to respond as you feel led. Thanks.